Top of the day, everyone. It's Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. I'm your host, Nisha, and this is my beautiful best friend and co-host. Buddha badass. And guess what, Buddha? So we have several businesses, uh, several instances of business we have to cover before I get to the case today. Okay, we're getting official on here. Yes, let's handle some business. So the first thing I wanted to read, and I tell people to like review the podcast, uh-huh. and then I... I just remembered how to like log in to look at the reviews and stuff. So I'm going to be reading a really cool review. That oh, we got. snap. Okay. I know we get a whole lot of bad reviews on that. that <laughs> Buddha is nowhere on the internet. <laughs> so this one came from actually Miss Elliot, which is my daughter's science teacher. And I'm so happy because she actually has been a loyal listener of the podcast and she supports this podcast a lot. And I really thank you so much, Miss Elliot. That may, they may need to screen the ones that you read of the of the responses if you're picking just people you know. That is not what I'm doing. I wanted to give a shout out to Miss Elliot, but I'm not just picking people I know. Anybody that leaves a review, we're going to read it on the podcast. Okay, yeah. but you just chose this one this time. Yes, though. I just chose. Coincidentally. Yes, coincidentally, I chose uh-huh. this one. But don't worry, I will be rereading everybody's reviews because I just love your. Reviews. I'm about everybody, so girl. Good God, that's a whole lot of reading. Well, not in one sitting. Like as the podcast goes, you may. But what if they? Do, if you have like fifty reviews on one, and then fifty reviews on the next one. You can't read all fifty. I may that's read like, reviews. I may read like five at a time. I don't know, but we're gonna be on for the rest of our lives. So everybody's review eventually will get read. Okay. That's what we're gonna do. Okay. We're gonna be eighty years old sitting here reading reviews. Reading reviews. Yes. That's from what's from something we did twenty years ago. Yes. Like I still owe you that review. <laughs> God damn it! I'm here for you. I'm a man of my word. Yes. Girl. Okay. So this is what Miss Elliot had to say about our podcast. I've been looking for a true crime podcast, and one of my students suggested her mom's podcast. I love it. I'm literally laughing every two minutes. It's definitely made for us. Thank you so much, Miss Elliot. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, I want to give a shout out to Miss Elliot and, you know, all teachers, because not just like for my child, but for kids in general, like what you guys do is so amazing. Like, I just love teachers. I, no, I do think teachers are like underpaid heroes. There was a Key and Peele uh, clip that you guys should watch. This is hella, hella funny where you they was talking about it was like a draft for, like for nba players mm-hmm. but it was for teachers oh yeah and they were getting paid like nba players are getting paid and signing big old contracts yeah which i honestly feel like it should be like I the athletes so. and all that we got all that spare money to give even though i love lebron and i'm not, i'm a supporter of the sport but we got yeah. that man that man making 40 million dollars a year 47 million dollars a year and a teacher still making 35000 I don't understand that because it's like, you know, we can't even imagine. Like, you have three kids and I have two kids. And we complain about our kids. They go to school and they have one class with, like, 30 students. That's why it's so amazing. I don't. And then most, a lot of them have their own kids. So can you imagine doing that then going home dealing with your own kids too? Oh, man. If I was a teacher, I would not have a child. I, I, I would be that strangler. You have me on this show. I'm gonna <laughs> string them motherfuckers up, boy. Are you talking about your kids? My, or whoever's students? kids, somebody, somebody kid getting strung up. They'd all just get streamed it to one. Honestly, <laughs> after a while, with just kids, kids on kids, kids on kids, I just hang some kids. I'd be like, you know what? Every time I see somebody little, even midgets, they gonna get it. <laughs> like I'm just hanging everybody up, man. <laughs> oh my god! That's why they are amazing people. They are they are amazing. Patient, their necessity. Yeah, I think we're gonna dedicate this episode to Miss Elliot and to teachers. What do you? Think I was gonna say to teachers. I yeah. dedicated to teachers. Let's dedicate it to teachers. This is awesome. Now the next order of business is that. So you remember how, like on the Michael Peterson episode, right? I said that I was gonna put the show notes on there, mm-hmm. and so I did not put the show note for mm-hmm. his book. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I like. I completely. I apologize, you guys. So if you guys were looking for the link to his book, I didn't put it on there by accident. And um, but I did put the prepaid legal thing on last week's episode, okay. which was Donna's episode. But I didn't want to put Michael's book on Donna's episode because I put her book on that episode. You know what I mean? I didn't want okay. nothing to outshine her confused. book. Yeah, they they clicking her for some Donna. Right, they, 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 exactly. Yeah, him. Okay. yeah, so I'm gonna put Michael Peterson's link to his Amazon book. If you guys want to read the Michael Peterson story, it will be on this episode because you know this episode I don't think has a book to it. This case don't have a book to it. We better. So, because you're just going to be confusing everybody yeah. some late type of stuff <laughs> right. I'm like, that I promise you guys I'll be like a lot better it's just when I was editing the episode that just slipped my mind I'm like oh and I couldn't go back I didn't know how to go back in and then put it so on the Jennifer one way editor yeah <laughs> You just get in there. If it's it, then it's it, hun. That's we don't get no other choices. No, that. like I because I don't even know unless podcasters let me know what you uploaded. I would have had to like unpublish it, and then I don't know. I don't even know how to even do any of that. I'm still learning on the editing side of it. Right. So I don't even want to guess. 
But just so you guys know, on the Jennifer Pan episode, I'm putting Michael Peterson's book link so you guys can read it. Okay. Michael Peterson is for Jennifer Panderson. Yeah, Jennifer Pan. Jennifer... Pan, Panderson, Panderson. We all there. <laughs> I'm there. David Banner's there too. <laughs> so today we're going to get into the case and we are going to be talking about Jennifer Pan. And this case actually takes place in Canada. Why'd you say it like that? Like, do you know somebody in Canada? No, I just think it's cool because I, I like to talk about, like, the different cases, you know, in different places. But remember, I think a while ago I was telling you how Canada is a little more lenient with their laws when it comes to stuff. So I get to talk about that today. I'm excited. I, right. I think you said they don't kill as much in Canada. Like, Yeah, I mean, yeah, that. And they believe, like, in their justice system believes more in rehabilitation versus locking away and throwing away the key. So we're going to see a difference because this case actually reminds me of the Aaron Caffey case that we did. Remember Aaron Caffey, mm-hmm. the girl that like kills her her mom and attempted to kill her dad? Mm-hmm. Well, this case is just like that case, but we're going to see in the sentencing it's a lot different. So we're going to get okay. to Okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I like kind of like when we do the callbacks to other cases that we've done. So You you do like that. Yeah. You do like that. You like case references. You like mm-hmm. just being in there. Okay, so Jennifer Pan, she was born June 17th, 1986. Her mom's name is Big Ha Pan, and her father is Hui Han Pan. So we're going to call them... Big Ha Pan? No, Big Han Pan. Big Han Pan. hold on. The mom's name is Big Ha Pan. The father is Hui Han Pan. But for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to call them Big and Han. So, you know what I mean? So I won't have to say those names. Oh, man. These are, that's, that's, I love it already, though. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. That is, those are nice that's fun. Names. That's fun. Now, both of her parents, both of Jennifer's parents was immigrants from Vietnam to Canada. And Han was actually born and educated in Vietnam and moved to Canada in 1979 as a political refugee. And Bic also immigrated as a refugee. And this was a big deal because a lot of the, you know, he came over on a boat and a lot of people on the boat didn't make it because of disease, pirates, you know, a lot of things happened. Pirates really do exist. I yeah. Mean, you know, that's still like a real life thing. Mm-hmm. I've seen some YouTube videos. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it, it's crazy. And there was just a lot. So there was like a lot of disease. There was storms. There was pirate attacks. So he was one of the few people on the boat that made it over to Canada as a refugee and was saved. From Vietnam. From Vietnam, yep. He made like, it. Like, what type of sail is that? I mean. Yeah, from Vietnam to Canada. Right? Like, isn't that underneath Asia? That's over there. Uh, close, not I wouldn't say nowhere near Australia, but it's underneath Asia, one of those islands down there, like around South Korea type of area. I don't Isn't know. it an island? I think I want to say. What, Vietnam is an island? Yeah. I don't know. I think I don't know. I don't and know. so it's, you're talking about almost like the Philippines, and you're yeah. sailing all the way across the the Atlantic, and uh-huh. then going north into the yeah. colder with at- I wonder at- how hemisphere. long that boat ride was it could it, it had to be been... days yeah. I mean months are you yeah. talking about like I don't know it's, if you're getting caught by if you're getting caught by pirates you don't have a great engine in that bad boy yeah. <laughs> so I mean <clears throat> they were out there now the couple they met and they got married in Toronto Canada and they lived in Scarborough Canada for a while they had two children like I said Jennifer was born in 1986 and then Jennifer's little brother Felix was born in 1989 the Pans found work at Magna International uh, Auto Parts. It was a manufacturer, and that was in Aurora, Ontario. So Han worked as a tool and die maker, and Bic made the car parts. Okay. And so Han and Bic, they were very thrifty, and so they saved a lot of money up to support their little family. And by 2004, they were financially stable enough to purchase a large house. They had a two-car garage, and they got two luxury cars as well. So Big ended up getting a Lexus 300, and Han got a Mercedes Benz. And altogether, they had accumulated Lexus 300. Remember that was yeah, the stuff that was on big. the sticks, boy. Yeah, I remember that. For the Chrysler 300, yeah. it was the Lexus 300, uh-huh. man. That was that was the it. It was yeah. boxy, it looked like almost like a, a modern day box shell. Yeah, but it, everybody loved that bad boy for some reason. That was uh-huh. like the stuff. Yeah, and they accumulated two hundred thousand dollars in savings. And this is something they just did themselves through their hard work, you know. Now, you know, Jennifer's parents set a lot of goals for their kids and they had, of course, extremely high expectations because it was one of those, look how hard we worked, we did this and we want the same for you guys, you know? So they wanted, so they wanted the son Felix to be an engineer and they needed Jennifer. They want her to be like some kind of doctor or some pharmacist. And this is what they, you know, they really pushed both the kids really hard. 
So basically Jennifer was made to take piano lessons at the age of four. She also took figure skating classes and she trained most of the days of the week because mm. they also wanted her to be, you know, some kind of Olympic skater as well. Olympic. Oh, that's good. That's, I mean, that's a life accomplishment, but I, I feel like that's, uh, that's a strain on someone's life period. I, oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, have you heard about the Olympic stuff that's been going on? Like, Not lately. No, I just know how hard they work. And yeah, I, no, man, this, these years, this year, well, the years before, I think it was like mm-hmm. two years ago, but it was the, the most recent Olympics was like the most injuries in the Olympics, like in all Olympic history. Oh. Uh, people pushing themselves so freaking far, people breaking down. Oh. There was one, I think it was, the, I think it was the, I think it was ice skating crazy enough oh you did tell me where, that she had a nervous breakdown yeah where it was at the at the podium where the first place person was crying oh and like and like the second place person well the first place person it was something where she had a nervous breakdown and the second place person was like crying and the third place person was like had to be held by their their, their, their coach or something like that oh. it was bad like hyperventilating it oh, was bad gosh. with the, how much pressure and yeah. how much stuff is put on these people nowadays and push for perfection for one time. Yeah. Especially because of the fact that I, I don't agree with it, but the Olympics don't allow like do overs. Oh yeah. You know, so and I think that's not something that's fair either. Yeah, so even if you're, out, you're having a bad day and you slip up, you can't like Right. Yeah. Even if you flawless and just you know, there was a pebble on the ground and you're doing a snow skiing re- uh, edition or somebody else kind of kicked up the dirt, or, I mean the, the the ice a little bit in a, in a weird way and you mm-hmm. land a little bit funnier than you normally would, you're disqualified. You know shit like yeah. that is just like it's too much pressure. That's too and, much. And and we've gotten to and I think you know just realism of yeah. we've gotten to closer with the pinnacle part of human uh human capability is yeah so i feel like people are starting to push themselves in too far and trying to act for too much same thing that's happening yeah. in a lot of sports where people are just getting more injured than doing great because mm-hmm. we're pushing too far well i do remember too like when i was little i, I wanted to be an ice skater not because i just because the outfits was pretty I, like i think i was like five nice. and i was like they're so glittery and stuff i was like i want to be an ice skater because they always had the greatest outfits and then like got, getting older i was like i would not have been a good ice skater <laughs> at all because you wouldn't have been focused yeah I mean, like, and like, i don't know how to ice skate <laughs> well, there's, well that's a crucial point <laughs> yeah. at first you gotta at least rollerblade right you know, yeah and get that down it's a, yeah i could roller skate i just can't roller like, like i can't no rollerblade yeah I could do that. I just can't ice skate. I don't know why. Because the ice is slippery. I don't know what it well, is. Well, can you roll? You can. You said you can roller skate. But I have you ever been on roller blades? You yeah. have you been on roller blades? Yeah, I used to roller blade all the time. Oh, okay. But I don't know. I think ice skating is just different because I can't even balance myself on the ice skates. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I have horror stories of me trying to go on dates with mm-hmm. on ice skates. And it did not go well. Oh, like, no. At least they laughed. At least they, you know, were amused. But the people around me were not happy. <laughs> I got escorted out of a building one time. Oh, is that what you told me? You were afraid that the skates would chop your fingers off or something? I still am afraid. That, I'm not, not afraid of that. Like, yes. I, I honestly feel like ice skating is just a potential to have some child's fingers chopped off. And I'm surprised I haven't oh, heard it more often. Oh, because they fall and your hands go Yeah, out. and your hands are out and somebody's skating and they're just rolling past you and couldn't stop. How are they not chopping stuff up? Oh, I don't know. Because that's a blade. That's literally a blade. It's literally a blade. Sharpened. That makes me wonder how has nobody's fingers got chopped off. I don't know. And I don't want to be the one. Do you think it happened, but we haven't heard about it? That, but that would be on the I, news. That that would be all over. I mean, would it? I mean, would they? Would you want that promoted if it was ice skating weird place? Like that but you know what I mean? Like I that's know. I don't know. I've that's seen wild. weirder stuff on it, so I was like, as much as we're on the internet, why don't we see that? Why don't you see that? Why don't you see people getting fingers chopped off by ice skates? How does that not happen? <laughs> People well, get injured at Ford, uh, Ford factories and working in warehouses all the damn time, but nobody gets chopped off with an ice skate. Yeah, that's weird. So. When she had to do a lot of her training for ice skating most days during the week, and she did place among the top level pianists and figure, figure skaters in Toronto. So in elementary school, this was her schedule. She had early morning skate practice, and then she had eight hours of class, then practice private lessons, and then she would start her homework at 10 p.m. at night. Now, all these hopes at of her, night, Jesus. yeah, she she because she had to do all this stuff, so she wasn't even starting her homework till 10 p.m. Jesus. Yeah, so it was a really rigorous too schedule. Much. It was crazy. But so the hopes of her becoming an Olympic ice skater or any kind of ice skating career actually got dashed because she did t- tear a ligament in her knee. So that was over with at that point. Mm, mm, mm. Now, Jennifer attended Mary Ward Catholic Secondary School and there she played flute and she was in the school band as well. And according to her high school friend, Karen Ho, Han was seen as the classic tiger dad. So the tiger dad is like, like the helicopter parent, always like, you know, just 
around your kid like always just basically controlling your kid telling them what to do you know mm. what i mean all the time not like you know discipline wise just you're gonna do this and you're molding the kid into what you want them to be so jennifer had no like she had no kind of um personality of her own you know okay now big his wife was like the reluctant accomplice the wife wasn't as hard on her but you know she went along with whatever her husband said reluctant accomplice are you already using these words well, you don't know these people well this is what karen this is um because later on after the incident happened they interviewed some of her friends and this is what her friend karen said this is what she um, said yeah okay. uh-huh she said that Bick was a classic tiger dad and Bick was i mean han was a classic tiger dad and Bick was his reluctant accomplice okay and she's quoted as saying that now the pants would pick jennifer up when the classes ended each day monitor her extracurricular activities very closely she was not, as she got older, she was not permitted to date any boys while attending high school. She couldn't attend any high school dances because these activities was going to distract her from her, from her academic commitments as well. So she, she started turning to self-harm and she started cutting herself because mm. she started getting frustrated and depressed. Everything about her life was business. There wasn't very much love or affection in the household, you know. Now, she she was top of her elementary class, but in ninth grade, she started turning her back on school and she started secretly focusing on friends and just having fun. So she started struggling with her grades. So at one point she had all A's, but eventually her grades dropped to C's. And so she ended up doctoring the report card and making it look like she had all A's. I've and, done it before. Yeah. <laughs> was it that easy to like doctor up your grade? No, you have to make sure you do a certain grade uh-huh. that you can then have it even look over on, or you have to then have a know of a uh, is of a printing company. Oh, yeah. Or a sometimes it's a library if you get lucky enough that has an old school enough typewriter uh-huh. that where you can type on this lettering type of thing and remake it oh yeah so you gotta and i imagine nowadays it's probably even easier with all the computers and technology yeah, it's and easier like to, that. i will say to get the background platform uh-huh. um but i wouldn't say now, now the, the crazy thing is now the internet is so crazy that you could probably pay a site that will do it uh-huh. in the format but uh-huh. you did but you, you want it in a specific format of your school so yeah. they might have a generalized one yeah and then you can and then you have to go into something that is more specific but <clears throat> but the downfall is, is I don't know, because my kids go to private school and so do uh-huh, yours, uh-huh. is, you know, they'll email the parents. Yeah. So even though the kids may doctor the paperwork, uh-huh. you know, whatever they give you, you have an, uh, an electronic documentation as well. Yeah. So that's the thing. We so, Yeah. So that's why something like that would be more difficult to try and alter. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of work. Kids, just do what you're supposed to be doing. No, right? I've done it before, and it's worth it. Do it. <laughs> Sometimes well, if it seems like somebody's a hard ass on you, man, and you need to buy yourself some time, man, find a way to doctor that stuff up. <laughs> I support it. Like, so- heck no, nah, because I had one of those stepfathers my doggone self. Oh, yeah. And so- I was grounded almost 90% of the time because I always was not doing quite right. You know, oh, yeah. like, gosh, man, like, I got a, I got a B minus one time. And I, I was like, B minus or a C plus uh-huh. in one of the class one time. And it was, it was over. I couldn't, I mean, it was like, it was the last report card before summer. And because of that, I was grounded the whole summer. Oh, wow. Because of one, one grade. You know what uh-huh. I mean? So it's just like, so much is pressure is put on that to where you just be like, man, you, you wish to yourself like you wish you could. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, heck, heck no. Some some of the stuff, you, a, per, a kid needs their life, man. See, this is good. This is a good callback because this episode is dedicated to teachers and we're talking about grades. Isn't that dope? See, this is cool. I mean, man. don't put it on teachers. Teachers grade how they're supposed to grade. Yeah, like, but I'm saying this is great. We're talking about grades and this oh. episode is dedicated to teachers. Isn't that great how our t- subject matter matches everything? I know See? you're a, a weird person. Yeah, I, I don't know. You I just, just you went you took it deep there in a niche way. There. I did take it deep there. This is awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So after she doctored the report card for grades, she was for her A, she was like, okay, well, eventually I'm just going to turn my grades around. So it doesn't matter. I'm going to doctor it now, up now. But by the time the final one comes out, I'll be fine. But so her dad thought that, you know, she was doing really good. So he started kind of focusing more on Felix, her brother, because he Felix was kind of struggling in school. So Han was like, okay, well, Jennifer's doing great. So I'm just going to, you know, put more attention. And he kind of, you know, loosened up the reins a little bit off of her. So now in 2003, the high school band went traveling and she met a boy named Daniel Chi Kwong Wong. Woo! 
Now, Daniel, yeah, that's a but powerful name. Huh? That is uh, that is Asia all the way, yeah. man. He is from there, man. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? He's from their land. You can know yeah. I be watching the movies. Yeah. It's, it's like, that is that is a family name. Now, they have been going to school together for a while, but she had just met him because, you know, well, they had band practice and stuff together, but she really just, you know, noticed him and talked to him because they're on this trip and everything like that. And remember, she's not allowed to talk to boys and everything. So after a solo performance that she had, she had a really bad coughing fit while she was walking down the street. And, you know, he, he was 17 years old and he, you know comforted her and he was like everything's gonna be okay so he's a year older than her at this point and he she remembers that he put his her head in his lap and you know he really like soothed her during that time now daniel was a very talented musician but he was definitely not the kind of boy that her father would ever want her to hang out with because he partied a lot he didn't care about school he smoked a lot of weed and he sold weed too so that was definitely hang out with Brown skin people? Is that what's going on? You know, like, I don't know who... He was actually, a Jabberwocky. Actually, you know what? You're getting ahead of time because he does. So it's funny. I mean, you I can sit like here and put some stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> you talking about 2004? Uh, Asian guy that smokes weed? Like, mmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where would he know to get that at? Right. <laughs> So now they always started, you know, they started a relationship. They started texting. They started always talking on the phone. You know, eventually their relationship, they did start having sex and they had to keep their relationship secret, obviously, because Han would never approve of that at all. So during Daniel's senior year, his grades were so bad that he was actually, his parents transferred him to another school. And so, Jennifer, that's too bad. Yeah, his grades was horrible. Like, I don't mind having a little naughty side or a fun side, but, like, no. Yeah, he had to have been filling every class. Like, it had to have been. I mean, because that was his senior year, so it's like going to another school. And what was going to another school even going to do at that point? I don't know. No, it's a school that probably has a lesser standard. Yeah. And like, um, but some of them do. And that's how some people get through, like, the loophole Mm -hmm. and being able to still make sure they graduate. Is it's just a school that almost like basically walks people over the stage anyway. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. As long as you can like read past a certain level, and they have a the lesser standard for the graduation allotment, mm-hmm. it, they still are government funded. Yeah. So they got to have a certain amount going through still numbers. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what that does. But, but he still would have to turn in something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he still had to do some work. Now, when Daniel got transferred to another school, Jennifer started skipping her own classes to go visit him across town. So one night, Daniel ended up getting arrested for having a pound of weed and intent to traffic. So what he did was he pleaded guilty and he avoided jail time. He had to rat out his supplier. So that's the only way he avoided jail time. So Jennifer got so worried about him after he got arrested that she pleaded with him to turn his life around. So he did. He actually started attending York University and he got a job at a restaurant. Now he, at this point, he was out of school and she was still in school. Now she's a senior. So Jennifer convinced This her- is your life story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I> was- <laughs> hey, and your daughter's now a life story because you be pushing her so doggone hard sometimes. You know, I thought- Let I was- people be themselves. I thought I was hard until I read this story. I was like, I'm not hard. Like no, this, no, no. You better see- loosen the reins. Yeah. You better loosen the reins. Well, I'm not going to lie. This story got me scared because I was like, oh my gosh, when you see what's going to happen, I'm like- uh, man, I could, I, man, yes, you should. <laughs> I've been warning you for a while. Y'all can go back on some episodes. I've been warning you for a while. Uh, you gotta promise me if something happens to me, you're still gonna do the podcast on me, right? You're gonna do the podcast on my case. You are sick. Yeah, you're gonna do the podcast oh, on my, my case. Oh my god. You have to. You know me. Like, you gotta do the podcast on my case. I mean, I guess I'll promise that. You'll be on here friend. solo, right? Wow. Podcast on here solo. And, and you will never get another co-host, right? And never get, get another, another co-host. There's some stuff that I can't promise. You have to promise that. No, right wow. Here. No, the, there's some stuff that's just not going to happen. There will never be another co-host on Hot Garbage. You're going to put somebody else on here. Wow. You are sick in multiple ways. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know if you're listening to Lil Wayne and just decided to get ill. But this is something so else. Are you telling me right now that you would have another co-host on this podcast if I'm dead? Girl, I'm not telling you that I'm not doing whatever I've said that I wasn't going to do. So that's going to be always said. So, hey. Okay, he just put me on silent mode. So I'm going to get back to the case now. I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm bad at him or not, but I'm going to get back to the case. 
So, of course, um, so Jennifer convinced her dad to let her work part-time as a restaurant server because, remember, she was lying about her grades, so he's thinking she has straight A's. And so she was lying about her hours in order to go see Daniel. Mm. So the stipulation that her dad put for her is that she had to have her straight A's, otherwise she has to quit the job. So one day, Bic, the mother, went to the restaurant to pick Jennifer up and found Jennifer in the car with Daniel kissing him before she got out. So Bic approached her and basically was really mad and was like, you know, told her about ruining her life, said that she was just ruining her life. And Jennifer defended Daniel, but was forbidden to see him. So they was like, you can never, ever see this guy ever again. That's the catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was all bad. Now, Jennifer also at this time had a piano audition at a prestigious university, but Han told her she couldn't go because piano was her extracurricular activity, but she had to be a pharmacist. And that's, you know, because he was like, music isn't going to do as much as being like in the medical field. So he was like, you're going to go to school to be a pharmacist. Well, it's just more risk Uh in the whole thing. You could become profitable, but you can also easily just become nobody. Yeah. So it was, you know, better for her to become, for him, it was better for her to be a pharmacist. Now, what happened, though, was at this time, Jennifer is a senior and she ended up failing her calculus class. And calculus was one of the things that she needed in order to graduate high school. And so the university she was supposed to go to for pharmacy tech, Ryerson University, rescinded her early admission because it was clear she wasn't going to graduate from high school because of this. So she, yeah, yeah. So things is going bad. So she then had to forge an acceptance letter to Ryerson University And she also forged a letter from the financial aid office stating that she received a scholarship. That way her parents, you know, wouldn't be asking like, well, where's the bill? Why am I not having to pay on anything? What she should have did was apply for the CIA. Like, you sound like like Leonardo DiCaprio right now. Yeah. On some real shit. You are able to sit here and keep your forge and going enough to fool your parents that's right in front of you and all that shit. Get into some government work then. That's right. Go ahead and do that shit. Start tapping somebody's lines because obviously you was meant to get in there. Oh, yeah. This girl is good. Not everybody is meant to graduate from every great uh, big-ass university, but that's still a prestigious enough job. Say you work for the CIA. Mm-hmm. Say that to somebody else. Say you work for the IRS. Just say that. You know, you can be driving a, a bucket ass Nissan. Well, a regular ass Nissan, not a bucket. Yeah. But an everyday ass Nissan that's just looking cool enough. But when you say I work for the IRS, do people look at your car different? Like, oh, that's right. Why? That's why you have it looking like that. Yeah. You look ordinary. Yeah. Yeah. You over here. You secret, ain't you? People start thinking deep stuff about you. Like, yeah. there's just some secret stuff that you know that you ain't supposed to tell nobody. You know. <laughs> <laughs> And all you do is be a secretary at a desk. You'd be like, I don't know no secrets. They'd be like, yeah, you're good. You're good. They trained you. Yeah. But you really don't. (laughs) Yeah. This girl was good. Like, man. Now, Hannah Big, uh, thinking she was graduating, bought her a whole bunch of graduation gifts. They was just so happy for her. So when the fall semester started in college, she was, when she was supposed to have went, she began sitting in cafes, libraries, and she taught as a piano instructor, you know, to earn a little bit of extra money. But the whole time they thought that she was in classes when she was doing this. And then she would lie to everyone and she would lie to them, you know, when she got home and she would say, you know, she would complain about the workload and how hard college is for her right now. The thing that I am wondering is, uh-huh. so it's, is that what she's doing primarily is teaching people piano? What is she doing when she's cutting school? So, what, you mean high school or college? And at this point, what oh, is she Oh, at doing? this point, okay, so she's lying to her parents and says she's in college, but she's really going to sit in a cafe, she's going to libraries, reading books, and I mean, she's teaching I mean, just part-time. sitting in cafes. Mm-hmm. Sitting in and cafes. And reading books. Reading books, yeah. And then she's also, you know, working part-time as a piano instructor, so that kills some of the time, too. So, I'm just, yeah. it's just curious, because it's not like you're off doing cocaine. It's right. It's not like you're off living like a rock star. Mm-hmm. You went and ate a bagel. Yeah. That's all she was doing. And then seeing Daniel. And went to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, when you didn't see Daniel, you just go to Starbucks. Yeah, that's all she was and doing. And read books. I know that flabbergasted me too because like her college classes, like she was lying to her parents and said she had like a full load. So she had to be finding something to do all day. And it was like, she was just doing this stuff. I mean, that's just a full defiance of, I think she just felt like she was pushed into the whole scenario. Mm-hmm. And she was just not wanting to do any of it. Yeah. Now, she started lying to friends, family, and she was like, oh my gosh, college is so hard. And, you know, so basically she had everybody believing this. Now, 
Jennifer started lying about how hard the commute was to the university, so her parents agreed to let her stay at her friend Topaz's house on Monday through Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So, but she really, during this time, was living with Daniel and his parents. So this went on for two years. And so after her two years was up, Han had encouraged Jennifer, you know, to transfer to a more prestigious pharmacy school. And so she lied then and told her parents that she had been admitted into the University of Toronto's pharmacology program. So Jennifer, what, what she was... I mean, this is going on. Yeah, it's She's going on. deep. In like two years, we're in it now. So she had already said she had completed her first two years. Now she's at a prestigious school. Now. And so yeah, she's like an apprentice on some shit. Yeah. Like, so you about, you're underneath about to be a certain... Are you going to lie about being a doctor? What are they going to do? Go to the store and see your oh, ass you're... not in a white uniform? Like, what is going on? Oh, yeah. yeah she's about yeah. to take it that far? She's about to knock out somebody behind Walgreens counter and sit here and have a coat, white coat on in the back of Walgreens and act like she worked there and fake it out for her parents? Oh, yeah. This chick is crazy. Yeah, we're going to see right now. Don't tell me none of it, but I'm just oh, saying, yeah. let me rant on oh, my yeah. crazy. Oh wow! Because that's what I see happening right now. You haven't even heard the the worst of it yet. It's crazy. She's gonna kill somebody at Walgreens. <laughs> now, <laughs> What's happening at the end of this? Now you remember she's supposed to be staying at her friend Topaz's house, so that so she wanted to make sure that her parents doesn't call Topaz. So what she would do is she would call them once in the morning, once at night, to make sure that they don't you know call over there. And you know she would just talk to them about how things are going and stuff like that, and just check in with them. Now, things started to be so, so, like, stressful, she started self-harming and cutting herself again. So Mm -hmm. now in 2008, when she was supposed to graduate from this university, like this prestigious university, she lied to her parents and said that due to the large class size, they only gave her one ticket to the graduation. And since she didn't want to have to choose between them, she gave her ticket to another student so both their parents could go. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. And so she also gave them a false degree that she purchased online. Now, this is amazing because she don't even have a high school diploma, but now she has a university. Like, it's crazy. A fake university degree. A fake university, yep. For her parents. She's Uh she's obviously seen it from somebody of association. Uh Maybe talk to a friend that still goes there, what have you. Yeah. I mean, mean, this is a little quiet Asian girl. Yeah, yeah. She's cutting herself. Like, this is like the beginning of the the part two of that AI movie with the little girl. Which one was the oh the AI movie? Ellen. Oh yeah. Megan. Oh yeah. This, she's like the part she's like a little ass Asian girl cutting herself. Her ass is real. She's gonna slice up everybody. Oh yeah. Just wait. Now because but the only thing is <laughs> <laughs> if you guys saw Buddha's face, it was like the funniest thing. <laughs> Now, because she was now she was supposedly graduated, unfortunately, because of that, there was no reason at all for her to have to stay at her friend Topaz's house anymore. So she ended up having to move back in with her dad. Now, at this point, she sent out a fake resume hoping to get a good paying job at a pharmacy, even though she skipped everything else. And so she told her parents that she had gotten a job at the Toronto Hospital Laboratory. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, and this was downtown. Hospital was... Laboratory. Uh-huh. I like how she used that, so you can't just go in there. Yeah. You can't you just can't be like, just oh, there. I want to visit my daughter. Not in the laboratory. <laughs> Sorry, sir. She thought of everything. Right, like, whoever it is, they're not even going to listen to the name. Like, Lou Who? Like, especially because you're an Asian person with a very common-ass name. They were like, yeah, whoever. And you can't. Yeah. Sorry, you can't go down there. Yeah. Like, so that's, that's something that's just like, yeah, we'll just believe it, man. Yeah. So at this point, she moved back into with Daniel because since she said that she had a job at the laboratory downtown, there was again with the commute thing. So her dad was like, okay, you can stay with your friend Topaz again, you know, just while you're at work on work nights. So she was able to go back to Daniel's house. Now, keep in mind, she's 22 years old at this time. This has been her life? Yeah, this has been her whole life. Now, Han actually started to suspect something fishy was going on because he started noticing that she never had no uniforms, no badges, like there was nothing. So he was like, if you work at a laboratory, like where's all of your stuff, you know? Mm. So he offered to drive her to the hospital and he insisted despite her saying like, no. So the mother, Bick, also went along for this ride. Mm-hmm. When they got to the entrance of the hospital, Han told Bick to go inside with her. Jennifer hopped out of the car and hid in the emergency room, so Bick couldn't find her at all. Mm. 
So then Bit called the friend the next morning because this was, you know, at nighttime. So she called, you know, her friend Topaz the next morning because she said she had worked overnight. Now her friend Topaz was half asleep and forgot she was supposed to be covering for Jennifer and said Jennifer's not here because she, you know, had woke her up out of her sleep. So she was discombobulated and she was like, oh, no, Jennifer's not here. I love that. Yeah. So Jennifer had to confess everything. So she confessed that she was lying. She, you know, uh, confessed that she never attended classes and that she lived with her boyfriend because, you know, she was caught. Oh my God. That's a whole lot. Yeah. Like they, I mean, like, let me tell you something. Even though that's going to sound horrible, like, oh yeah, agents just be disowning their kids and stuff like that. And they kick them the hell out and be Uh like, no longer, you know, in the family. I don't know, man. If you was my kid that ran a three-year, four-year, that sounds like a four- to six-year-part game on me. And lying on that stuff and being that thorough on it, I don't know if I could trust you enough to say when you say, oh, I'm done, to say you're done. Because, I mean, what? Yeah. You've You've been forging information. Yeah. Forging, man, everything. So I'd be like... Yeah, I'd be kind of done with you. Like a person, like a regular... If, if that was anybody else on the planet, I'd be done with you. Come on now. Yeah. Like if that, so you saying it's my child, I got to sit here and just take this? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever you trust what tr- they'd say. Yeah, because it didn't even... It, well, this isn't even a lie. This is a whole double life. Another yeah, season. a whole double life. Child. Right. Like, I found out on a fluke. Yeah. Like, I just kept sitting here watching, like, wait a minute, you don't have a badge. Like, yeah. Like, you go to the nurse office, I met a nurse, she has a badge. You yeah. You a badge. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I had to start putting it together after years of watching your butt. Yeah. Like, come on, bruh. That's, this is wild. Now... Now, at this point, Han actually wanted to disown her. He was going to kick her out the house, and but Bit calmed him down. It was like, just give her another chance. You know how his mothers are. You know, we're just like, give her another chance, you know. So he let her stay, but the only ultimatum was to go to school and really get her degree and everything like that and her diploma. And also, he said that if she kept seeing Daniel Wong, she would never be able to come back to the house again. So she promised to break up with him. Han and Big put her on house arrest, took all forms of communication. She wasn't allowed out of the house at all. Yeah, damn. Yeah. And so Han started, you know, supporting her music. So he encouraged her to get a degree for piano classes and everything like that. So he did encourage that as well. And so she had to pass a series of tests and performances for her music. So she was allowed to go to the, to use the car to go to private piano lessons, but Han would check the mileage to make sure she was going where she said she was going on the car. This is real. Yeah. Like, he wasn't playing. Oh man, this gives me like a public service announcement at the end of this. Cause this is, yeah, this is something, this is wild and it's about to get wilder now. Okay. Will Smith, you over here. Uh, who, who am I? What's his name? Whatever, let's go. <laughs> so she applied for different jobs in the medical field. So her parents eventually did give her back access to her phone and her computer. And she was just like, how can I apply for anything if you have everything? Now, Daniel started talking her into sneaking out of the house and spending the night with him. So one morning she was caught not being in her room by her mother. And she was forced to go back into solitary confinement again. So then she told this her. Is... Oh, man. Yeah. So then she told her family that she got a job. She's at like, a, what, 23, 24 at this time? Yeah. She's, she's whole grown. Yeah, she's grown. She's whole ass grown. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like Han is way worse than I am because I won't be doing this at 22. Actually, at 18, like, I, you know, I loosen the reins because it's, it's whatever. I mean, you, I'm still going to support you. You can still, like, you know, live with me, go to school, whatever you want to do, like but I'm not going to do all this. I feel like I'm going to encourage you in a whole different way because... You so by the book though that if your daughter doesn't do what you say it's supposed to be doing, that's how you say it, boy. You cut some, you cut some ties off, and there's some stuff you got to give kids mercy. But I, like I said, this is a public service announcement. But I'm gonna just sit here and hit it at the end. Yeah. Oh, by the way, this is gonna be a two parter because it's very long. Okay. This okay. is gonna be a two parter, you guys. Yeah, this is gonna be the long one. Yeah, uh-huh. I can see this is a long haul. And that's one of the reasons my mind was in, in relationship psychology because uh-huh. that's what I wanted to do was actually trying to heal people with some love. Yeah. And this right here is, it got a whole lot that needs to be said. Yeah, it does. Now, she lied to her family and said she got a job at a Walmart pharmacy. So Han was suspicious and asked to drive her to work, but she knew how to sneak into the employee interest. So he would just drop her off and then she would sneak into the employee interest. 
So two weeks later, Han asked to see pay slips and check stubs and stuff like that. She gave him some forged documents for that from the Walmart pharmacy. So it then he, work. yeah. So then he asked to see her bank statements as well. So after he asked to see the bank statements, she had to confess because there was no direct deposits he was going to see going into her bank account. So she went ahead and confessed again that, you know, and she said that she didn't really have a job. So at that point he got in her face, he yelled and screamed at her face. He said she was a liar and you know, you're going to be nothing. Like he really, really went in on her. Mm, 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 mm. Now in two, April, 2009, Ham forced Jennifer to send an email to break up with Daniel. So she, he forced her to, and she, he didn't beat her though. He didn't whoop he, that butt. And, uh, I didn't see anywhere where he beat her. He just screamed at her. I mean, and but there's no whoopings email. that be happening throughout this lifetime. Nobody gets whooped. I don't whooped. know. I haven't heard about yeah her getting whooped. Mm. That may be a statement that maybe said too. Yeah. Now, after her dad forced her to break up with Daniel, she then went back and apologized to Daniel in private. And Daniel, at this point, told her to cut ties with her family. Well, I'm not talking about whooping somebody who's 25 years old. Oh, yeah. That would be more like an ass beating. Like, you have to drag her like she's a female on the street. Yeah, y'all had to square up. Mm Mm-hmm. You ain't about to... Okay. Let's go. (laughs) Because, girl, there's a whole lot of built-up realness right there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's... uh, Go ahead. Now, after Daniel, now, after she apologized to Daniel, was like, well, my dad told me to send that email. It wasn't real. He was like, why don't you just, you know, cut ties with your family? He was like, you could come live with me and, you know, but it didn't work. She didn't want to cut ties with her family, but she wanted to be with him. So she still wanted both worlds. Well, she's very codependent on her family. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, if this is your interaction with your family by 25. Yeah. I mean, I highly doubt you even know how to fold your own clothes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's just be real. Yeah. So to move out with somebody and be on your own, and he's not going to do that. Yeah. You know, Uh because he's living in the streets. And the the coldest part is he's, I wouldn't say living on the streets. He's living that life. Uh And he's feeling like he's a very active person and trying to get things on ambition and goals. Yeah. He's expecting you to actually know how to do that Uh and do it to him. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which you don't know how because you've actually just been the one getting catered of it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, even though your mom watched your clothes and you come from somebody... And I, I actually met a few people and it's kind of funny to see it because it's hard to understand that they don't understand how to keep that and maintain this type of lifestyle, but they've come from a lifestyle where yeah, they have a mother who is folding their clothes, washing their clothes, having their stuff, even all the way up to their 20s. Yeah. And they've been living with... I have a good friend of mine. I, I talked to him about him, but he's very successful. Um, but... Uh, they would, he, she would put her clothes on his bed all the way up until his 20s. Oh, damn. You know, have okay. it already folded for the next day and she gave yeah. him options, you know. And he, but he would, and he would kind of tell her what he kind of wanted the, the night before. He's like, yeah, I feel like I want to wear my red shirt. And Hell and no. And I was like, I, I was <laughs> watching funny. one time we was all sitting around the dinner table with him because one time I spent the night and I was like, this is different. Yeah. You know, like, I was like eating my food, looking around like what's happening right now? Yeah. Like you're just telling your mom I'm gonna wear this tomorrow. She's like okay and I'm like wow. hmm, mm, 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 what? I feel like, like a bad mom because I stopped washing my like everybody washed their own clothes. I stopped washing their clothes like yeah, two years you, ago. I mean you're like, rough. They, everybody you're rough does their and tough with like your afro stuff yeah. on your kids in comparison to some stuff I've seen. And yeah. I mean like and she'd have that already out set for him every morning. Gosh, every whatever morning. Whatever he wanted to wear. Every I feel morning. bad for his wife when he gets married because he's going to expect that out of his wife. And if you're like me, I'm like, no, you're going to have to pick out your own Yeah, clothes. you're going to be a horrible woman. Yeah. Like, he's like, what type of woman is this? She didn't want to be like my mom. Yeah. <laughs> telling you man it's some stuff that's like that's it's, it's a very hard dependency to come out of a lifestyle like that yeah and you don't know how to reciprocate that that's the thing i'm saying is you're a person that's gonna say no that, that's what i'm and then yeah. you, you date somebody who's like that and they're like i don't know how to even do that like yeah. so you, you get up in the morning and you do it yeah they don't they don't do it either they don't, they do don't it either. he just wakes up and his clothes are already there like uh, like on a, a coming to america movie yeah you hear what i'm saying yeah so it's just a, a way different span. Now, at this time, you were right. Jennifer was 24 years old. So when she wouldn't leave her family, Daniel decided to break up with her because he said pursuing a relationship with her was just too stressful and too much. So he broke up with her. He broke up with her. He broke up with her because, you know, he was like, you know, this keeps happening. Like your your parents, like this is too much for him. And keep in mind, they've been going through this for some years now. So he was Well, like, I will say... 
later. He well, he was more real about what he was doing with his life to his parents. Yeah, and didn't have to do this whole facade. So for him, it was extra energy. Yeah, of the fact that she clung to somebody like that because he seemed like he was so carefree. Yeah, but the coldest part is that's one of the things you know I, I try and tell my sons because I'm like, hey. You can go out there and be a biker if you want to, or a gamer if you want to. Go out there and live your life and live it as it is. But understand that these are the people that are out there. They they gave up their right in the mind of mm-hmm. saying that I'm not gonna be able to be buried, you know, or call the cops. Yeah. When somebody comes out and they pull a gun on me, I'm probably gonna be shot or I'm, I'm gonna have to shoot them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. when they have T-shirts of their friends, that's not a play a game thing, man. They, yeah. They, they they didn't think their friend was gonna die either. Uh-huh. And I bet you he didn't think he was going to die that night. Right, right. But that was part of the consequence of the life that he decided. So uh-huh. as a man, you're held responsible for the decisions you make. Yeah. So you want to live out there, you live that, that's the life that you did. You don't get to come back to this square house and live, leave me as a sanctuary and don't put your mother in danger yeah. as well because you decide you want to live. Nope, you're out there now. Right. Go be, go be a gang. Uh-huh. Go be a gang member and be, and be real. Uh-huh. Be hard. Because the only way you get hard is you get knocked around. That's the only thing that gets hard. Yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's it's the human body. That's how we get calluses. Yeah. The only reason your feet get hard is you walk around with no shoes on for a uh-huh. while. You get bruised and cut and, and scraped for a long time until uh-huh. your feet get used to it. Uh-huh. So if that's what you want to do is get hard and go get bruised, scraped, and cut, go. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, Jennifer was so, like, you know, stressed out and, you know, he but he decided to date another young woman and he got into another relationship and everything like that so after learning of the new relationships then jennifer you know claimed to daniel that you know a man had entered her house showing what appeared to be a police badge and then after that several men rushed in and gang raped her wow uh-huh so yeah, she was like super like distressed and everything like that. She, was, she like, went to go. What 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 happened? For, where did she go? Yeah, <laughs> this is okay. This is why. Are you ready? I'm gonna come, go back and say. Yeah, you gotta, gotta rewind that shit like on some YouTube stuff. Yeah, I gotta go back and say that again. So, so he broke up with her, right? And she said after learning that he was with another girl. She told him that a man had entered her house showing what appears to be a police badge and then several men had rushed in and gang raped her. Now, mm-hmm. and she claimed this after a bullet was mailed to her. So now she mailed her own self like a bullet. And both of these, as she, as she tried to tell him that it was because his new girlfriend's name was Katrina Villanueva. So he's dating this new girl. So she's trying to basically insinuate that his new girlfriend had all these things happen to I her. I mean, but she like gang affiliation or mafia affiliation? Like who's coming in with a fake police badge? Right. With your family there. Yeah. And doing the secret rape. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like who's ninja raping somebody like yeah. that when nobody wakes up? And then on top of the ninja rape, like, what do you want me to, like, go respond and kill them all? Like, yeah. Like, what, what, what are you saying that should happen at the end of that? You're not going to call the cops? Why don't you call the cops? Yeah. You just got you just got raped right. by a group of people that claim they were cops. Mm-hmm. So why are you not telling them and telling him? Right. And this was all something she was doing. This is, like, now the scheme is starting to go into him. Like, she's trying to get him back so bad. Like, she's trying to pull him back in. Right. Like, oh I'm my- like, that's how crazy with him. Like, how he don't see this shit. Like, why she not, why she calling you, Brody, and not the cops? Right. And I'm going to come back to that. So hold that in your mind right now. Because mafia. She said. Yeah. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> like get you crazy. Yeah. So now... So now at this point, she reconnected with a childhood friend because she felt hopeless. She was starting to feel suicidal. She reconnected with a high school friend on social media. And this guy's name was Andrew Montemayor. So, you know, she started confiding to him that she wanted to be free of her parents. She was like, you know, they were too strict. And she said sometimes it was so bad. about to have an Andrew. That's how you be saying people's names sometimes. Yeah. No, actually, okay, so... Go ahead. So basically, like, she was just, you know, confined to him and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, yeah, I feel you. You know, sometimes things in my household get so bad, I just want to just kill my dad. You know, but you know how you say it, but he didn't mean it in that way. No, I don't know how you say it. I've never said it about my mom. Well, or anybody. Like, you know, you'd be like, I just want to kill that person. No. You know, (laughs) but but she took it in a way. She was like, you know what? My parents need to die. You know what I mean? 
I just want to whoop people's asses, but I have not ever said I would just want to kill them. Yeah, well, yeah, she was like, so she gets the idea for her parents to die. This is where she's going to get the idea to kill her parents. Mm, So, yeah. mm, Motherfucker. mm. Yeah, but it's crazy because I do wonder, because remember, Daniel wanted her to break up with her parents. And, you know, just disown her parents or whatever, just come with him. I'm like, so either way, you was never going to see them again. So what's the difference between them dying, you know what I mean? And you could have just went with Daniel and you would have had what you wanted and you still wouldn't have had your parents. I mean, if they was dead, you wouldn't have to live with their shame over your head. Oh, is that what it was? They They wouldn't be there to shame you. Oh, that's what it was. So maybe it is a different vibe of being disowned and this person's just dead. Right. Like, have you ever seen Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah. When that lady was walking down the street and she was had to be nude and that lady was ringing the bell. Shame! 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 I don't think I've gotten that yet. I just started it. Yeah. What season was that? Oh, I can't tell you then. Okay, okay. get to that part. Sometimes you just, like, shaming is hard. Oh. That's all I'm saying. Like, that was some hard shame. Yeah. So, especially you're talking about Asian culture. Uh Uh-huh. Like, well, they will kill themselves. Like, oh, back, you know what I mean? So, that, I mean, yeah. like, so to that, her, a logical thought in that, in that and just kind of in her culture and kind of just the ending of the shame because it's, it sounds like, that's what I was going to go to at the end. It sounds mm-hmm. like a lot of this is deeply rooted in the fact that she feels like her parents, uh-huh. she has a deep-rooted um, honest hate, honest hate for them on their push on her and never giving her her own voice. Yeah. And to the point where she was in a, a, a society taught culture yeah. where, you know, you have the man figure and the woman follow. And so some of the stuff she felt her mom was co-signing on that she felt her mom knew wasn't right. Yeah. You know? And so she would have like hate for her. The only way she could respond is cutting herself, but she didn't really want to cut herself. Oh you yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. She didn't really, really hate herself. Yeah. She hated herself for not whooping their ass. At yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or not yeah. doing something or saying something. Yeah. But she actually hated that them. Yeah. And this whole standard of what I, they have to be. Uh-huh. And so that's why death did seem logical. That makes sense. Because I was like, wait, what? Well, that's where I'm going to leave it for part one. So we're going to go into part two in a minute. Because uh, we have part two is when we're going to get to the actual like killing. We haven't even got to the killing yet. Right. We just okay. got to the... Well, then I need to, I need to give out uh, some information then. Yeah. Oh, and we're going to listen to another 911 call in part two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I want to give out yes, some information. Yes, information, then. please. Um, I remember talking to you and saying the dynamic of when you get to a child by a certain age is more than just parent and child. It is a relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel the same thing when I say the relationship that you may have man to man, female to man when you talk about intimacy but relationship. But certain things have a a co-washing like it, it goes over the same parameters mm-hmm. in the same sense in which you love somebody and you interact with them yeah. as well in a relationship interaction as if they were the same thing as a girlfriend to child yeah it sounds crazy but i feel like some people don't give the respect of that this is one of those incidences which i was telling you before what i was trying uh-huh. to explain to you you do say that yeah. yeah where you and when your child gets past a certain age you you shouldn't be threatening them with hitting them yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. like when they're at 14 15 and they're six foot tall basketball player uh-huh. you shouldn't be threatening them with beating them and putting them over a bed. They need to now understand the consequences of what their actions are. And you do start speaking to them and you do it, whether it's a dynamic is where you consciously want to or not, but it's because of the fact that they are becoming a, their own person. They were already before, but now they're becoming their own actual adult. Mm-hmm. And a lot of societies, they would have already been adult at 14. Yeah. So it's the friendship in which you're adapting. Um, I feel like that was not respected in the whole lot of this. It's caused her to let, go out. Uh-huh. And I, I, it's, it's something that I feel like a good amount of people, that, especially minority culture, uh-huh. uh, have been come, become kind of adopted to. Yeah. I feel like brown culture, because we adapted to rap, and we listen to that. I feel like there's Asian culture and Latino culture because they're so strong in their religion. And then they have their family putting on the pressure of that and success. Yeah. Where you don't allow the person to be their own person. Whether you like it or not, some of the stuff has to be their own. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. But it just is what it is. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect at this. My kids are being who they are. And I'm, I'm, I'm working on this system in which I'm understanding. But I see it comes. They ask me for more of the positive things. They ask me for going to church. Yeah. They ask me. To have a, a, a more a, a, a time where they're going to be crafting and, and they're going to do 
uh, things that are without TV mm-hmm. because they know it's projected for themselves. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that they're all the way perfect and I'm not saying that I leave it all the way to their guideline. What I'm saying is I'm seeing that in, when, when a kid has their personality type, they're going to have their personality type. If they're not going to sit here and want to do their homework all day, that's something that you guys are going to have to work on as a negotiation on helping them understand it's beneficial for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but not in the sense of you got to do it as a threat or I'm going to beat you. Uh-huh. Because you would draw in that resentment of their, to them, the rest of society and people like her, people like that's why she's drawn to the guys like him. He seems like he's, he's going by fine. Yeah. You know, he may be doing, dealing drugs and, you know, doing whatever, selling some weed at that time because it was illegal and making yeah. a little extra money. And at the time, he's making like 300 a week. And for her, he's like, he, she sees that as this short term. He's working, he's getting it going, and he has the time to get the stuff together yeah. afterwards. I mean, even Jay-Z was promoting that. Yeah. That's one of the richest brown couples that there is when you talk about minority, and he's promoting that you can do bad stuff for a while and get your life right and become a bajillionaire. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so people feel like it's less, less dramatic of what some parents tell them to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, on the second part is parents... They didn't. They're not horrible people. They went through something stressful, and they're pushing it, and they're so worried yeah. about things going bad because it was bad on them, and they're wanting their child to have their better opportunity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, the stuff that and I didn't go into why they had to, you know, come over from Vietnam to Canada, but it wasn't something like easy or. You know I mean, it doesn't I mean? sound it like it's great. It was something horrible. The yeah. fact that you go on a boat with people for months at a time, yeah. for days or at least a month, a month or two at a time. And people are dying. Yeah. And you still want to be there. Yeah. Something had to be bad. Something had to be bad in Vietnam during that time. Now, the last one is going to be the odd note that I'm going to say. Because, okay. I, honestly, but I'm just going to let the parents kind of push a little too much. But their love was just. And they weren't horrible parents for what they were doing. Yeah. But it just need to be a little more aware as yeah. a parent. Um, the last of what I wanted to speak on is going to be a little odd is people of relationships mm-hmm. and love. Mm-hmm. This is something... If someone cheats on you, you guys, male or female, if someone you find out has a whole different relationship and a whole different marriage, people do know about it happening. Mm-hmm. Don't blame yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even, I will say, be aware if you can to try and take the counseling that you may feel would need to help your relationship and do your best in helping. But, some people, when people have in their mind they're going to do something, and this is one of the prime examples of that, in in that part too. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was saying it's, it's a relationship part. It's a relationship part on multifacets. And this showed me that in that as well, where it can be a relationship thing. If they feel that they cannot talk to you and they feel they want to, they're determined to be a person or a type of person, don't, don't seek to change anyone, number one. Mm-hmm. Seek to better someone. Yeah. And then if you are true at heart of what you're doing, don't blame yourself if that person chooses to go outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. Thank you. Somebody out there needed to hear that. So it's good that you said that, you know? Yeah. No, I feel like a lot of people, it caused them to go into a cycle of doing things later and doubting themselves on who they are mm-hmm. and who they are as a good person. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's actually the people of the, that are actually not as attractive, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that are heavier size. And, uh, you know, they, we, we usually, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nice size guy. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm not a hefty, I'm not hefty, hefty Chucky, bro. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm, he- I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not six packed up. Mm-hmm. So I understand that sometimes you get a doubt of what, what are you doing wrong? Yeah. You know, Buddha, you're really uplifting somebody out there. I'm Probably de- a lot of people out there right now. Well, I hope so, but that's not. It was just a message that I got in three part from that that I was like, I got to deliver this at the end. Yes. Well, thank you for that, and we're gonna come back with part two. In the meantime, if you want to follow us, make sure you follow us and please rate, review the show. We really appreciate it. Five star reviews, and if you don't like the show, then just like email me or something because don't put that on our. We don't want to fuck up our ratings. So like, I want it to be real. Give me that bad. Tell me you yeah. hate me. Like I will bask in yeah. it, rub it on my body. Yeah, please. Like email I'm not Takashi six nine because I don't want to be punched in the face, and I'm not gonna fake like I'm a thug. Uh. But like, hey, you hate me. Give it to me. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, like, give it I was to the me. type of person that was dying my hair like zebra stripes in high school. You tell me you hate me, great. Let's take a right. picture together. Right, just don't put it on our ratings. Email us or message us. You know, put it wherever. Put it on a t-shirt. <laughs> that's what I said. So yeah, so our Instagram hot garbage show, our Facebook join the the discussion group hot garbage show, and then also um, you can also email us and it's hot garbage news at gmail dot com. Um, oh, t- um, what is it? TikTok author nisha so make sure that you check that out i put stuff you know little snippets of the cases and everything and did you have anything else until part two you always ask me that yeah i guess not. give me something to say that oh. <laughs> anyway. that's what you should do <laughs> like i need my own script like and yes also sponsor this on barkley.com yeah anyway. don't look up barkley i don't know what charles is doing <laughs> take care watch your back out there